We're in the third week of Easter, so happy Easter to you. And uh, it's also the fourth Monday of the month, and that means, as I mentioned, one thing. It means that Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the provost of the University of Dallas, comes in, and he always uh, he always brings a friend, either you know, either on the phone or in studio with us. And uh, today he's going to introduce us to Dr. Michael West. And so, uh, Dr. Sanford, good to see you. How are you? How are you doing? How are how are things in the midst of? Uh, the current circumstances. Uh, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, things things are unusual at the University of Dallas. Normally, the the campus is uh, uh, bustle with students and and all kinds of activities. We're winding down the semester. We're doing all of our instruction virtually um, online, just like most yeah. every other university right now. And that's been a big transition for the university. We sent the students home after their spring break, and and. You know, we're, the coronavirus has, has caused some financial hardships for a lot of our students and their families as, as well as for the institution mm-hmm. itself. Um, and so we're, we're getting on top of that and, and we've got a, uh, we set up a fund for students who are at, at significant risk and, and people have been very generous in, in directing dollars to those students. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not been good for, for anybody. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And how odd I heard about the the students in Rome. You know, the the of course the sophomores get to go to Rome, right. and uh, how unprecedented it was for University of Dallas to have to say they they they, they need to come back. Uh, yeah, no, that was prudent call, but uh, well, unfortunate for them and for the university. Yeah, it was it was, that was the first wave, and and it's yeah. funny looking back on that. It um, now that's an easy call, right? Because yeah. they basically shut down Italy about three days after we we got yeah. the students home. Yeah. But, but uh, we didn't know that at the time, and all of this developed so quickly, yeah. and and uh, you know hours felt like days, and days like weeks in terms of the the changes coming down the the uh, uh, the pike, and I'm sure you can relate to that. So we were just trying to stay on top of what the restrictions were, what's possible, what's not possible. But there there are many there are many blessings to to this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, our our Lord turns all things to the good, yeah. even even this, and. We're going to, to persevere. Our students are persevering. They're, they're in many ways appreciating more deeply the kind of education that we provide at mm-hmm. the university. One that, that has a, a heavy emphasis on, on relationality and community and, and being with others as we wrestle with the significant questions that are our tradition and our culture and our, our own intellects put before us. And so we're eager to re-engage and, and hope to have the students back on campus in the fall. Yeah, I know we've got your guests waiting, but let me give you one more, more quick quick question. You can probably answer it uh, in, in very briefly. Do we know about the fall semester yet, or is that still up in the air? Yeah, right? I, uh, uh, I could go on and on about that. So we, uh, the 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 hope, the plan is that there will be um, uh, students on campus in the fall. Okay. And and we we actually have graduate programs that are largely online and have been successful for a long time, particularly in business. And so there's there's a precedent for a lot of what we're doing. But the um, um, the, the the question I think is is what will on campus look like? Do we have to have social distancing practiced? Do we do we need to have testing for the students and mm-hmm. and what are what are those elements and and of course uh, the the uh, government has a, a lot to uh, to say about what we'll end up doing in terms of so we'll we'll do as much as we can that's yeah. safe and and um, we really hope to to welcome our students back to campus in full force. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for that information. And uh, you got Dr. Michael West That's on the line right. with That's us. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about our, our guest today, Dr. Michael West. He's he's a young assistant professor of English, and he also works um, directly with me in a, a program called Liberal Learning for Life, which is a 
um, an umbrella term for a number of continuing education opportunities that we provide to those who are attached to the university or hope to become friends of the university in some way. So, um, uh, Dr. West has a, a, a UD background that's, that's quite extensive. He did his undergrad at UD and uh, his father was a, a politics professor for many years and his mother a classics professor for many years. And um, uh, Dr. West went on to Columbia University for his PhD in literature of all things. So, so Dr. <laughs> West, welcome to the program and, and what was it about literature that, that took your fancy? Hi JJ. I um Dave, I can hear you great. JJ, I can hear you just a little bit. So uh, okay, uh tell me what you want to talk about. Oh, oh is, it, is it better now? Uh, that's oh, yeah, I guess you got you gotta okay, talk good. to me a bit better. So 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 uh Michael, uh uh Dr. West, can you hear me now? I can hear you great, Dr. Stanford. Thank you. Okay, great. So um yeah, listeners, Dr. West is not in the studio with us. We're we're practicing um uh social distancing, so he's on the telephone and we didn't have the volume quite right. So I uh Dr. West, I just gave a, a brief introduction of you and your UD connections and and mentioned that your parents were um professors at, at the University of Dallas but in different disciplines mm-hmm. and I asked you why mm-hmm. you went into literature. What is it about literature that took your fancy? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the easiest way to say that is that literature is the thing that uh, uh, grabbed me and refused to let go. Uh, you know, I read Romeo and Juliet in high school and uh, was actually not particularly entranced by uh, the romance between the two of them so much as the way that they talked to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they would swear by the moon and would argue about that metaphor together. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other thing is when I, I was going through my coursework at the University of Dallas as an undergraduate is uh, I found that studying literature enabled me to talk about and to think about the things that I found most interesting in other disciplines, in particular uh, philosophy and history. There's a tradition that says that literature, um, Aristotle says actually, that literature is uh, more philosophical than history mm-hmm. uh, in that literature deals more with uh, universals. And so it, you get the best of history, you get to talk about particular human actions, but that you aren't bound by what actually happened. You're able to make up stories, you're able to make up kinds of beings um, in literature that you can't do when you do history. And, and the advantage over philosophy in one way of thinking is that actually, uh, without making a rivalry with you, Dr. Sanford, is that uh, literature enables you to think about particulars uh in in a very in, in a very specific way in a way that philosophy with its uh, tendency towards abstraction mm-hmm. uh, doesn't let you do. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the reasons that uh, I was grabbed by literature and and still am compelled uh, mm-hmm. by stories today as a as an adult. No, that, that's great. And and for our listeners' sake, um, I'm not just the the provost. I'm also a professor of philosophy. And mm-hmm. and, and uh, Plato talks about there being a long a long quarrel between philosophy and poetry, or or um, mm-hmm. of which literature finds a, a certain home. Um, and and for the record, Dr. West, I I um, have taught courses in which I've incorporated literature into uh, philosophical <laughs> subject matter, following mm-hmm. following the uh, the suggestions of of one of the uh, uh, Thomist thinkers who I um, have taken a lot of inspiration from, Alistair McIntyre, who uh, mm-hmm. uh, emphasizes the narrative structure of our lives and the significance of of literature for. Uh, mm-hmm. Learning, learning about ourselves, and I was a literature major for three years. If you, if you can <laughs> that. But um, let's let's talk 
about uh, you, you split your time between uh, the classroom and mm-hmm. um, a, a set of, of projects connected to, in the broadest sense, what we describe as liberal learning for life, which is a continuing education um, effort at the University of Dallas, inviting people to to see how learning is not something you just do in college. It's something as human beings we're called by God to dedicate ourselves to throughout the entirety of our lives. And um, I, I, I like to think of our education as one that it takes a lifetime to grow into, right? So we, we, we've been finding ways to connect people to the work that we do at the University of Dallas. And could you tell the listeners about what that work is that falls under learning for life? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the program in particular uh, that, that uh, fits what you're talking about is the Studies in Catholic Faith and Culture program, which mm-hmm. is a sequence of four uh, online video-based courses, um, which explore in four, in four different ways the question of the human person from a Catholic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we're in the in the process of building uh, the third one right now. Fortunately, there's a lot of work we can do even when we aren't face-to-face, me and my team. So it's myself and Dr. Shan Valenzuela and Joe Haggard, who's the, the video professional at the university who are working on this project. Uh, but we do it in consultation and collaboration with uh, UD faculty across the discipline. So uh, from philosophy, like yourself, uh, we have physicists, mathematicians, uh, professors of literature, professors of theology, uh, history, art, and uh, others that I am going to, to unfortunately leave out. But um, we bring all of these together to try to put together uh, a, a portrait of a human person from different points of view. So the first one is uh, focuses on what a human person is uh, from the question, the standpoint of what we call Catholic anthropology. Mm-hmm. And our second course is about the person as a being that exists in time but is made for eternity. So it focuses on the question of history and tradition. And the course we're working on right now focuses on the human person in action. Mm-hmm. So thinking about different modes of human action and ha- trying to answer the question that we all want to know, which is how do we live well? Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, what's important to know is that these are courses that are online, and we uh, we have groups that have studied them in person in parishes and schools and private homes where they watch the videos together, drink wine, and uh, talk about the presentations. But at the moment, obviously, none of that is happening. So those courses are now available for free on the Internet uh, for those who come to our uh, – if you type in uh, Catholic Faith and Culture University of Dallas, you will find our page and you will find our courses and sample videos. Mm-hmm. And we're eager to share this with people. We're eager to share this with people who are um, – either who have received a liberal education in college and want to revisit that, or for those who are are looking to dive in and who listen to this show and say, this sounds really interesting, I want to learn more of it, I think our program is a, and the courses we have are a great way for people to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. That was a really good overview. And, and that... You know that was that was a big decision for us to start offering these these courses, and we're calling them them courses um, because they're 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 built like courses, but there's not required homework. There's not um, any requirement other than than being engaged with the material that is presented and hopefully discussing it with with your friends. 
Uh, so these are not credit-bearing courses, but they're an opportunity for significant continuing education and um, are really quite rich. So we, we've had tremendous feedback over the last couple of years from participants in this program, and it's, and it's been a paid approach. That's how we've been able to plow funds back into the production now of uh, the third course in this series, and we have new series um, planned out as well. But obviously, moving to free, we've got um, uh, we're, we're just trusting that that things will continue to to flourish. Um, but we really felt a great need to find ways to feed the the minds and hearts of of those who are interested in in um, learning more deeply about their Catholic faith and culture and are locked in their homes and looking for something worthy of their time. And indeed, this program is is worthy of one's time. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the um, I guess, the, the original vision for this and, and why it was developed. And full disclosure, this is a, a program that's the, the fruit of, of uh, my office over the last several years working with a group of, of faculty at the university. I'm just pretending as though uh, Dr. West is, is <laughs> um, updating me on it. And the... the um, um, but we, we, we noticed a, a hunger on the part of many people to, um, not just get in touch with, with their, their Catholic faith, but to do so through, through study, through, through reflection upon the great tradition. And, um, we find that there are many people who feel as though they've, they've lost something in their lives because perhaps they didn't have that kind of, of education on, on the front end. And so we wanted to reach those, but we also, as you said before, wanted to, to help those who did have a, a, a more comprehensive liberal education reunite with that education, but to do so in a way that engages contemporary challenges, right? And, and the way that, that uh, we often think about education and liberal education in particular is, is it's an effort of building up culture, right? So to, to educate is to be encultured in some significant way. And sometimes I think we think of the recovery of Catholic culture as our goal. But I, I wonder if it's not better to recast that in terms of um, what what the earliest Christians faced, which was a matter of building culture, right? I, I wonder if we spend too much time trying to, to reclaim a putative um, golden age and ought to be thinking about um, what it is to to reclaim culture for Christ in a, in a kind of foundational way. I don't know what you think about that, Dr. West. I think that uh, certainly that's a, that's a compelling vision. Yeah, that uh, uh, one of the, the, let's say, occupational hazards of being the kind of person who um, teaches literature is there is a, a sense that um, to to engage with objects that have you know been uh, you know, to read Shakespeare, which was written 400 years ago, or Aristotle written 2,500 years ago, there's a way in which this can feel like a backward-looking project, and a uh, that there's a kind of uh, sad nostalgia for a world that has been lost. And um, the truth is, for those of us who are engaged in this work, that's not at all how we see it, because of course our lives are moving forward into the future. Mm-hmm. And for us, these objects. Well, though they were written 400 or 2,000 years ago, are are fully alive mm-hmm. and speak to the lives that we live right now. So, what's important about uh, the study of culture, I think, even whether it's whether it's uh, things that are historical or not, is that they give us life now, and that they enable us to they feed us now, and they uh, enable us to to live and to work through the challenges that we face today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they are not interesting because they are old. Uh, they are interesting because they are fully alive, and they bring us they bring us to life as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great way to to articulate that that uh, engagement with the tradition and and part of what we're trying to reveal through through these courses, right? So we've we've hand hand picked the the professors who are um, providing the content in this or that particular um, <clears throat> segment and. And indeed, we, we have outstanding videography uh, through and through, and uh, so it's it's a very high quality engagement. You know what what uh, in a nutshell would you describe Catholic culture to be? What what makes a culture Catholic, Doctor West? Hmm. I mean, that is a rich question. But there's a there's a way in which culture is. You can think of culture as uh, the way of life of a people, and so Catholic culture would be the way of life of Catholics when they are living most fully. Mm-hmm. And that means when they are most fully engaged uh, with the gifts of nature and with the gifts of grace. Mm-hmm. So one way of thinking about this, of course, is that the sacraments are themselves the peak of Catholic culture because they are where we uh, work with and take up the goods of the earth and that they put us in touch and they allow us to access uh, uh, the grace of God. Um, and I think that that's, that's true, that uh, Catholic culture is at its, at its height. These sacraments are the premier example of Catholic culture. But that doesn't, we don't want to denigrate the other ways in which um, human beings make things. Um, I think in particular there's a reason that when we think about culture, we think about things like music, art, and speculative philosophy. These are things that human beings, strictly speaking, do not need to do. Um, and I think we should add to those, we should add worship as an example of that. There's a way in which we don't need to worship in order to sustain our bodily existence. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's a way in which that uh, culture is that domain in which we do things that are not strictly necessary mm-hmm. for our bodily existence and our sustenance, and are at the same time the things that are the most human actions, mm-hmm. and the things that are the, that allow us to sort of transcend, I think, our, um, uh, our merely uh, material lives and put us in touch with um, the things, uh, the things of God. Ultimately, mm-hmm. no, that's that's a that's a wonderful response. And put put me in the mind of uh, Joseph Pieper's Leisure: The Basis of Culture, where where mm-hmm. um, he he points us directly toward worship as that which is uh, fulfilling of our lives and that which is. Is in short supply, and a large part of the reason why why our our world has, has sort of been reduced or truncated into a kind of workaday world where we're we're unable to appreciate um, our our existence, the existence of others, or the very meaning of of time. Um, it's it's worship mm-hmm. that's at the at the heart of that. And uh, strictly speaking, as you as you said, it's not necessary, and yet it is necessary. If we're to flourish, mm-hmm. if we're to live lives that that are in fact um, going to be um, uh, pointed towards towards eternity, so um, mm-hmm. how 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 does how does the the uh, the program itself and, and we're coming up on about two about a minute and a half or so yeah oh about a minute and a half um, so um, how how does this program where where should a listener start as they as they jump into this material that we've now made available for free. Um, to uh, uh, be reminded of those those deepest things that have to do with with Catholic culture. Sure, um, I I would say well uh, take a look at our our website which is uh, Catholic uh, or Catholic Faith and Culture dot udallas dot edu. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we invite you to sign up and watch a, a just a sample a sample uh, presentation. Um, mm-hmm. Each of the courses is twenty twenty minute presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I suggest you I, I suggest that our, your your listeners uh, log in and poke around and, and pick. They can start anywhere. I mean that's the truth of the matter. JJ is mm-hmm. that um, as this is not a you are not being uh, shepherded through a boot camp uh and this is you are not being put through your paces mm-hmm. uh in this course this is a place to uh explore this of, of as you say of leisure mm-hmm. um one of my favorite literature professors uh always says that um you should always read you should read good books if you can but even if you can't you should read at whim mm-hmm. um follow what interests you follow your initial interests Mm-hmm. And take those where where you wish. And I encourage your listeners to do the same with our materials and our courses. Excellent. Well, it's it's been great to have you on, Doctor West. Um, I'm getting the signal that uh, the show is <laughs> is winding down. I think it's very intriguing. I uh, just in listening, I, I'm like, I'm going to check that out. I mean, I get a lot of things thrown at me, but I was like, this is really interesting, especially something that uh, is free of charge, 20 minutes, you know, pretty bite sized mm-hmm. uh, morsels. Uh, so. It's free of charge, but it's worth a lot. Yes. So, so you know, we don't want to cheapen what we have. It's a, yes. it's a high quality product, but but these times called for that that adjustment. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, thank you very much. This is an interesting conversation, uh, Dr. Michael West. Thanks for being on the program today. And you want to remind everybody of that website? Is it uh, CatholicFaithAndCulture.udallas.edu? Is that right? That's correct. Put a www in front of it if you want to. I guess you don't have to, but. And uh, Dr. Sanford, right. good, to, good to see you. We'll to see, see you uh, next month, right? On Look the fourth, fourth Monday of the month. So uh, thank you so much.